Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, a place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Hey, Peter, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. I'm super excited for this interview. Thanks for coming to one of our first ones ever. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd feel bad if I wasn't at one of your first ones ever. We've done so many things over the last year, firsts and firsts and firsts together. So I'm excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, we have done that maybe the audience doesn't know about is that we've done this kind of Tony Robbins journey together for the last year. And, uh, it's been really great uh, spending all that time with you this past year at different events. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So why don't we just jump in? So uh, one thing just for the audience who doesn't know you, if you wouldn't mind just kind of talking to us a little bit about your background and then how you started PIMD and became a businessman. Sure. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. My name is Peter. I'm an anesthesiologist and I specialize in OB anesthesia. And I'm here in Los Angeles, California. And trust me, I had no intention of starting a business when I did uh, started Passive Income MD. Uh, Kind of the story is that my whole goal in life, well, at least up for the last 10, 15 years prior to that was, I just want to get a great job in medicine. I wanted to be an OB anesthesiologist. I didn't always want to be an OB anesthesiologist, but when I really focused on that, I just wanted to get a great job in a great location and that sort of thing. And I got it. And I felt like, okay, I am now truly set. Here's the next 20, 25 years of my life. It's going to be fantastic and great. I'm a physician here in Los Angeles. And then a couple of things happened at work where I realized, yeah, I'm not in control of my life. And what really happened, to be honest with you, is my shifts were cut. I mean, it was really handed down to me from my boss. Just like one day, here it is. Boom. And next thing you know, my income was cut. I'd say almost 20, 25%. It could be potentially. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not how it's supposed to be. And I remember thinking, this, this is bad. This is not, this is not what the, the kind of life that I expected. And so instead of just being angry about it, which I was for a while, to be honest with you, I started figuring out, okay, what else is out there for me? I mean, what are other physicians doing in this situation? Because other people have for sure figured this out. And that's when I started investing in real estate. And I don't want to get to that story too much right now, unless you want to talk about it later. But started investing in real estate, started kind of creating that financial freedom. Money started coming in from other sources of income. And it kind of changed my whole outlook on medicine, on life, on family, career, and this sort of thing. And I was telling everybody that I could about it. And at some point, I think they just got tired of hearing me talking about it, that they said, hey, why don't you put it online? You know, put it on, write a blog about it. And, you know, it took me about a year to finally get the courage to do it. I mean, I bought the domain name like one year, and then it took me a whole year before I posted my very first blog post. And I just put it up online and I put in, I wrote 10 blog posts and I said, okay, if I can do that and it makes some sort of impact, I can see some at least little growth from that, then I'll continue. And it just happened that you know one of my first blog posts just started to really gain traction out there. And then that's where it began. And again, intentionally, it wasn't intentional that it became a business. But over time, as you know, most people will find, as you, you know, start to make more and more of an impact, if you're like, you know, your intention is to create value for people and really just help people, ultimately, these things like kind of like morph into businesses because honestly, your time is valuable as well. And you figure out a way to get compensated for your time and people want to compensate you for your time when you're actually providing that value. And so that's kind of how it kind of all just started. Very cool. So one thing I heard in that is that you started the business and then it took you about a year to take action. 
So I feel like a lot of people get stuck, right? They start, but then they get caught in analysis paralysis or whatever reason. And they, maybe they feel really overwhelmed by all the different steps to do. And it sounds like you got over that year of whatever you want to call it by just saying, you know what, let me do 10 posts and that'll be my start. So can you talk a little bit more about that? How did you get over that hump? Yeah, I, you know, I like to say it was a process, but you know, the things that we've learned is that there's a process, but there's a point where you make a decision, right? And that's mm-hmm. when things change. And even though it was a year of sitting there and I thought about it, how do I start a blog? How do I do this? At one point I was like, okay, I just got to get, you know, get, get out of the dugout. I got to go out there and play. I got to just do it. And I think that happened I'm trying to remember, I think it was my, I had my second kid and probably the worst time to do it possible, right? If I ever had time before or after my first one, having a second one, just like multiply that. But I was like, okay, really, what kind of life do I want to build here? And do I want to make that impact? If I'm going to do it, it better happen now. So that decision was made, even though I kind of spent that whole year of kind of planning for it. That's what I decided. And then next thing you know, I wrote those 10 posts in like, you know, less than a week. And so that was kind of how it ended up happening. But you're right. There was a, there's so much like second guessing of myself. And I think a lot of people do that. It's like, you know, I'm not a writer. I mean, so many voices in my head, right? I'm not a writer. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a business person. I'm not an online marketer. I'm not an like, I just can't do these things. You know, I'm busy. I'm, you know, I have all these other things going on. And it's so easy for us to kind of like tell ourselves, like, we just can't do this, you know? And still to this day, I'll be honest with you, there are times where stuff that kind of thoughts still come in. So it's not like, I, you know, I just got better at kind of like just stepping over them and like almost like acknowledging them and then saying, okay, well, it's okay to feel that way. And then just taking action anyways, right? And that's what I've gotten better at today. But those thoughts still do come in. But that's kind of what during that whole period, that's what kept me down for a while. And at some point I was like, forget it. I just got to do this or, you know, kind of like go big or go home. And that's just how it worked out. Interesting. Was it just you or was it somebody else? Like, like, did Vicky get involved and like help you along? Or was it just you that just decided I'm not going to do this anymore? I'm going to act. Well, I think there was some, some element of my wife kind of pushing me. I mean, it's not like she wanted me to take up more of my time doing something else. Uh, Obviously I had commitments to my family and I was working and all this stuff, but I think I was just talking about it for a while. And you know, my wife, she's very supportive. You know, I come up with a lot of different ideas and so she'll usually just listen. But after I start saying an idea like, hey, I think I should maybe this, like at certain point, she's kind of funny. She's just like, just do it. You know, if you're going to do it, do it or stop talking about it. And so it may have been something like that that helped push me. But definitely it was my wife. Uh, I don't know if there's anything online. I think I did see some other people coming to the space. You know, I know the White Coat Investor was there for a while, right? And I knew about him and he was a blogger. And then I saw the physician on fire, you know, who's now one of my partners, uh, Leaf. He started writing and he started getting traction. And I was like, oh man, this guy's talking about this stuff too, but a little bit different spin. And I saw that he was getting, you know, gaining some popularity. And, you know, I was like, all right, you know what? Somebody needs to talk about real estate. And so I was like, okay. Well, I was like, well, now a couple of people are doing this, have proven the concept out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now why, why don't I try and see what I can do? And that's what happened. For us, you know, starting our blog, you were an inspiration for our blog. And I think your blog was one of the first ones that uh, we saw. It was mm-hmm. your, your list of uh, side gigs, I think it was, or sour. Side hustles, of, yeah. Yeah, side hustles, yeah. So and that really inspired us and, and it's great. I just, you know, love the blog. And I, it's funny because I actually remember uh-huh. right after our second kid was born, like walking in this park in Hawaii because we lived there at the time and Kenji saying to me like, if we're going to do a blog, we got to get serious. Like you got to step up and start like writing articles. And 
And so it was exactly after our second kid too, that Kenji kind of was the person keeping us accountable and being like, we have to get this done, take some steps, you know, and don't treat it as a hobby. I think the one thing I've learned through all this stuff is that, you know, there's never a perfect time, right? Mm -hmm. Like whoever would think like the perfect time to do something like this is after you've had your second kid or these other things are going on. And so I realized there's just never a good time to do these things. So you just, whenever you decide, you kind of have to just do it then, right? Whenever that's like in your mind, like if anything I've learned along the way, maybe we'll talk about more stuff like this, but if you have the idea, like it's, it's really your responsibility, in my opinion, to kind of just see it through. Otherwise, you're using so much brain power, like kind of, it'll just keep recycling in your head and keep coming up again, keep coming up. Honestly, that's just a waste of energy and time. So either do it at that point and be able to lay it aside, like, okay, well, I tried, didn't work, or just like, you know, otherwise, like, don't do it at all, but just go for it. You know what I mean? Totally agree. Yeah. You know, I was curious that, you know, when you said that you had those changes in your anesthesia practice, uh, you know, instead of, uh, you know, getting frustrated or some people might just put their head down and go back to work and work harder, right? But you, you actually took a different tact. You said, okay, I'm going to actually talk to some people. I'm going to figure out like, you know, what are some other options here? So, I mean, talk to us about that. I mean, is that, is that kind of something that naturally you grew up, you know, your, your father encouraged you to think that way or like, you know, again, because most people, right, they kind of put their head down, but you kind of you said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think differently. I'm going to do things differently. Like, where does that come from? Is that something that came from, you know, your parents or your upbringing? Can you talk to us, talk to us a little about, about that? Yeah. And so I grew up in a, a physician household. My father was a physician and, you know, on my mom's side, my grandfather was a physician. And so there were a lot of like just medical professionals in on that side. And it's funny because when I hit college, actually, I guess it was always kind of predetermined that I was going to be a doctor too as well. But when I got to college, I was like, all right, I want to try something different. You know, I'm like, everyone expects me to be this way this whole life. And so maybe I should try something different. And I'm glad I did because I went to economics. I tried all these different things. And I found my way actually back into medicine because and it's nice that I went that route because I realized I tried something different. Maybe it wasn't for me or maybe it wasn't. Now it actually kind of is because it's kind of full circle. I've gone into business mm-hmm. and things like that. But I've always tried, you know, different things and I haven't been afraid to do that. In college, I was, you know, I started up a little, like a couple different small little businesses or I found different ways to create income in college or just tried a whole variety of things. And I really uh, got in that, uh, the mindset of really trying to say yes to opportunities whenever it came up. And a lot of them failed and a lot of them were a waste of time or whatever, but I felt like I learned so many new things from it. I met so many cool people from it, networked and, you know, just picked up a lot of different skills. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, when it happened at my job, I I was angry about it for a while. And for about a week, I just like sat there really stressed out. And I remember like I couldn't sleep at night. I was getting really frustrated and things like that. And it it just, it actually hurt. I mean, like it just like hurt. Like I was like, I can't live like this, you know? And I guess I take things really emotionally and something like that. But I was like, I have to figure something else out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see myself kind of grinding like this for the next 30, 40 years. And something that like I learned early on is that, you know, there are just, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to find somebody else doing (laughs) something you want to do. and just try to like really just, um, I don't know, just learn from them. As some people have said in the past, like success leaves clues. And so you just have to figure out what somebody else is doing and kind of like, honestly, copy them. Like copy, but then also, I mean, you'll be able to kind of make it into your own. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of learned that along the way. And, you know, we all do it. I mean, we've all talked to people that have done something and just said, hey, how do you do that? These kind of things. And so when it came to this, my career, I decided to do the same thing. And it became really obvious to me because I remember seeing those people even before this was all going on. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing those doctors before and they were happy 
They were traveling a lot. They were doing all these things. And I remember at some point it was like, man, I should probably ask that person, like, what are they doing? Like, how are they able to kind of live like that? But I was never really motivated to do that, like super motivated because I thought I was living a pretty good life. But when this happened, it kind of just, you know, it kind of kicked me in the butt to make, yeah, yeah. gave me enough pain to make me do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really awesome. I mean, like I, we have had the same experience, right? Where we see somebody doing something and we realize that it's a possibility for us too. And of course, like Kenji mentioned, you were one of those people. And then Sunny Smith, um, another physician that we spent a lot of time with, right? She was the example for us that coaching and then building a course was Bonnie Koo. So there are a lot of people that we see in this space who, you know, set the example, set the standard that it's possible. And then you just follow along behind them and learn from them. And it's really a phenomenal thing when you have this kind of community helping each other and inspiring each other. It's really, really awesome. I think the other thing that I love uh, about your story is that, you know, this is a perfect example of life happening for you, right? So something happened and, you know, you perceived it at the time it was a, it was a negative. Yeah, you were angry about it. Um, but then if you view it as, okay, well, what's the good that can come out of this? And when we kind of zoom out a few years later, right, uh, that led you to create multiple businesses and, and, you know, be the, you know, be the successful, you know, at least in our rich doc, poor doc, you know, the way we think about it, you know, become a rich doc, right? And have that rich, rich mindset, the rich habits. Uh, and so I, I think that that's awesome that you were able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that throughout my life, the, the one thing that's been uh, a constant thing has been, I, I failed at a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, meaning that, or it's like had setbacks, right? I've mm-hmm. had a lot of setbacks. I mean, I don't talk a lot about them like publicly. Sometimes I still feel a little shy about them, but like, yeah, I've had failures when it comes to either businesses, investments, even like, you know, I didn't get my residency of choice. You know, I didn't match the first time, you know? And then I ended up matching it to a different specialty altogether that I didn't necessarily think about initially. But it ended up being the greatest thing for me, especially in my life, you know, and allowed me to get, you know, be where I'm at, right? And even with some of these businesses and even with my practice, like things like that, it didn't, you know, it didn't all happen the way I wanted it to. But again, if it happened the way I wanted it to, I wouldn't necessarily have this life that I have today. And so I, I think I think it's just amazing to, at least now, to be able to look at it like that. And hopefully when things come up in the future, and I know they will, again, that's a, that's a for sure, that I'll be able to hopefully have that kind of perspective. And one thing about you that I love about you is you're never willing and not willing to try something, right? And it's like Sarah Blakely talked to all of us about at um, in Business Mastery is she said her dad always encouraged her to fail, right? To try things new. And if she failed, that was actually something she brought to him. Like, you know what? I failed this week, but the fact is I tried this new thing and that was that was celebrated, the failures. And so it's so amazing that you, you're you always willing to jump in. Just like joining Tony Robbins Platinum with us, you were like, sure, I'll, I'll come to the conference. I'll check it out. Like, whereas most people, I think, are so afraid of the possibilities of failure or the possibilities that it's not going to work out or the, all the reasons that it won't, because that's what our brain's looking for, that they never take that first step. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. 
So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semiretiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Also wanted to give a shout out to Joe Weitzel of Northwest Commercial Lending for being a sponsor of the show. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to get a loan for a commercial property for less than a million dollars, good luck. Most commercial loan brokers don't deal in small loans. And this is where Joe and his team shine. They help investors find a commercial loan no matter the size. And they actually love working with new investors and helping them grow their portfolios. So the next time you're in the market for a commercial loan, be sure to reach out to Joe and his team by emailing them at semiretiredmd at nwclending.com. Now back to the show. So Peter, I know you're juggling a lot right now with your businesses and all the other things you have going on. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on in your life right now? Sure. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. That's, that's just to start with. I'm trying a lot of different things. I mean, I do still work as a physician. I mean, it's a passion of mine. I chose OB anesthesia because, and I did a fellowship in it um, because I'm passionate about it. I love working with the patient population. And it's super gratifying for me. I just don't like doing it all the time, especially nights and weekends. So I work about half my time, like half time clinically at this point, but also I work on a couple of different businesses and primarily I would say uh, I work on two. And the first one is Passive Income MD, which you know about. It's a blog, uh, a podcast now, a conference, courses, a Facebook group. And it's really just grown into a community is what I kind of consider it where physicians are able to talk about gaining financial freedom through other streams of income, whether it's real estate, investing passively, privately, things like that, right? So I spent a lot of my time on that. And again, it was consumed. I'll be honest with you, it started to consume a lot of my life, probably more than I wanted. And so the biggest challenge for me in that business has been, how do I continue to do what I want to do in that thing, but still have time to be with my family and do all the things that I really love to do? Because I'll be honest with you, a lot of the reasons I started these businesses was to spend more family time, right? To do these things with my, you know, to have the life that I want, the freedom that I want. But if I was just going to spend it, replace my clinical time with just businesses all the time, that does, that kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. So I, I've been hiring a lot of people to help me out with this business. And that's been one of the biggest challenges for me is figuring out how to hire the right people to help you out, to, to carry on your vision, right? I mean, you want somebody aligns with your vision and is able to kind of uh, continue to help you to kind of hopefully do big and better things. And so I spend a good amount of my time on that and I'm still super involved, obviously, in content creation and we're always trying to come up with new ideas. So it's it's a learning process. I mean, there's no roadmap for this necessarily. There are people that do this well and I rely on them quite a bit, but every business is a little bit different. And so through a lot of the, you know, the businesses, um, you know, the training that we've done, you know, we've been in a lot of same places. We've gone to some of these conferences and business conferences. I also have the benefit of having people that are like, you know, uh, peers that are like a mastermind groups, right? Like you guys and some other people and things like that. And that's been super helpful in guiding me with these businesses. But yeah, I spent a good amount of my time on that. Uh, but I also have a business that's like more like a passion project business. And that's something called curbside real estate, where I help physicians really assemble the right team to buy their homes. Because I, I really had a difficult time, you know, buying my own home. Couldn't find a good realtor, uh, a good lender. There are these physician loan products, which seem really obscure to me. So I put together a free service for physicians to help them really find that right team and provide like a, I don't know, just like a third party help for that. And the reason I actually love this business is that we actually made it one of our huge missions to do a lot of social good. And so I think that was one of my big goals as well. When I felt like I'd made it or whatever it was, it's like, not only do I want to do well financially for myself, my family put us where, you know, in a good place. I wanted to feel like we were doing some sort of global good. 
making some sort of impact out there. And curbside allows us to do that because, you know, through all the through a good portion of the profits that come in, we have some really great social projects that we do. We build orphanages in India. We also do some, I would say, like empowerment, skill trade camps in Africa and stuff like that. So it's been really awesome to have that because it fulfills a lot of those needs that I have, right? Which is mm-hmm. like, I, I want to feel like, obviously, that I'm making an impact. I want to feel like I'm trying new things. I want to feel like I'm contributing, you know, all these type of things. And so having all these different businesses, streams of income really fills those needs for me. And so that's what keeps me going. And of course, I have all the real estate investment on the side and that sort of thing. Yeah. So there was a, there was a lot there, Peter. It was awesome. I'm going to try to unpack that a little bit. I mean, you know, one of the things that uh, we've learned in Tony Robbins is, uh, you know, that everybody has uh, certain needs, right? And I heard some of those needs uh, you mentioned. Uh, and we and we had these same kind of, uh, you know, issues uh, as well in terms of like finding like what are, you know, we need to kind of fulfill our needs to be fulfilled in life, right? And some of the things that, you know, I heard you say are like, you know, you needed something, you, you wanted to grow, right? So you're challenging yourself uh, with these new businesses, right? You're, you're also improving your mindset by going to Tony Robbins. You're also contributing. Contribution is also another big need uh, that people have. And, uh, and for us as well, you know, we have, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, helping other physicians achieve financial freedom through real estate, right? So we have that kind of mission. Uh, and it sounds like you also have that mission. So, you know, it's really great to hear. And I just wanted to kind of make sure that the listeners kind of understand, you know, kind of some of what you were saying is that you're fulfilling some needs uh, that make you feel fulfilled in life. As opposed to what I think a lot of us growing up, we have certain needs like significance, right? We want, we want to feel like we're significant. We want to feel like, you know, we're always trying to achieve. We're always trying to get good grades. We're always trying to get into the best medical schools. And that's kind of like significance, right? And, and for a while, that's, that's good for people. Also, uh, you know, the other one is certainty. You know, we all want to be, you know, have certain certainty of love. We want to make sure that, you know, the, the person that we're with, you know, loves us, right? You know, we want to make sure our kids love us. And so these are some things that, you know, I just wanted to kind of clarify for the readers, some of the things so they can understand, you know, what these needs are and how these needs change over time as you grow. Yeah. And I think that part of the reason you're so successful is that you're able to contribute through your businesses, which just fuels growth. And that's exactly what we've found too, is if you find a way to contribute through what you do, it just, it's a pull, right? Rather than a push. Yeah. So, uh, We'd love to kind of learn about some of the challenges. You know, you've talked about, you know, hiring, but can you talk a little bit more about some of these challenges that, uh, you know, you're you're encountering in in your businesses? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is something that I mentioned at the beginning of this was that there's always this thought of like doubt that comes in. I mean, it happens a lot. I think that's one of the biggest challenges is that I tend to limit myself quite a bit. And something that I'm always constantly working on is that, you know, I set my goals at like very, very, you know, achievable places because I'm worried that, hey, maybe I won't, maybe I'll fail or maybe, you know, I can't achieve. I mean, I kind of tell myself like, oh, I can never do that, you know, and these kind of things. And so one of the biggest challenges has been really figuring out how can I put myself in the right mindset? You know, how can I continue to tell myself to, that I can continue to try and achieve these other things? like constantly just telling myself and just get past that point where I just hold myself back. And I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. It hasn't been necessarily financial or hasn't necessarily been like, you know, mechanics. Cause I think that once you really set your goals at a certain place, like you figure it out, right? I mean, if you're, if you're why or whatever they want to call it or your mission, whatever is strong enough, like you'll figure it out. 
the biggest thing for me has been setting that thing at the right place, right? And that's why it's been so powerful for me to surround myself with other people like you guys and other people because you hear it, right? I mean, you hear it in other people sometimes more than you hear it in yourselves. And so it's, it's really been, been one of the biggest impacts, well, biggest game changers for me is to put myself in a community of people who are not afraid to challenge each other, right? That are looking to set their sights really high to not limit themselves and then really try to achieve some really cool things. And so that's the constant challenge for me. I know it'll always be a challenge for me. So I know I always have to work at it. And that's why I do think something like we did this year with the Tony Robbins Platinum thing or these kind of things or reading certain books or surrounding yourself with a certain type of community and people. It's like so important. And I, I'm truly, I truly am a believer in that saying where they say like, like success is like success in business or whatever it is. It's like 80% psychology and really 20% skill. I mean, so much of us, I always thought it's the opposite way, right? I was like, just give me the book and the roadmap, how to do it. If I just follow that, I'll be right. But it really isn't anything like that. It's really about constantly figuring out how to, you know, get yourself past that mental barrier to really find that success. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely, I, I think everybody faces this once, you, especially once you start thinking out of what's comfortable, right? I mean, I know for me, I think a lot of why I went into medicine was it was, it was a pathway that was clear and it was comfortable and I knew it would always, always be secure, right? And so I think I definitely had limits of what I thought I was capable of and then didn't really even see the other opportunities out there for me. And now you're like sitting next to us in, in uh, Tony Robbins like financial thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to give this much money to buying land and this and this. And I ended up with a net worth of 84 million, right? So you're sitting next to me and I'm like, I'm going for 84 million, Peter Kim, right? And it just helps us, I mean, helps us step up, you know, with each other and, and encourage each other and keep each other accountable now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think for the listeners, you know, what we're talking about is something called limiting beliefs. Uh, and, uh, and if you, you can hear it in yourself whenever you say, well, we can't do that or I can't do this, right? And I hear it in myself still every day. So. Uh, even despite all the work that you know uh, that we've done, you know we hear it in each other still. And so, mm-hmm. and we talked to you talked about uh, accountability partners. It's, it's it's such a you know whether it's uh, your spouse, uh, your partner, uh, whether it is like you said a mastermind or having a group of people that you get together uh, with regularly uh, these days uh, on online. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, when you have that and you everybody understands the fact that we all have limiting beliefs. Uh, and the tendency is that we all hold each other. Uh, we all we all kind of limit ourselves uh, from our uh, from what's possible. Uh, then then that's the key is that we can kind of really support each other and help each other. So yeah, I think I love that. yeah. And now we've we've really covered with you kind of your past and the present. Can you tell us where you're going to go? Like where are you, where are people going to find you in a couple of years? That's a good question. Uh, I think that. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time lately trying to figure out what what my next plan is or what the next goals are, and really, it just falls. It, it's it really falls in line with kind of the same things I'm doing, but just trying to expand that the impact that I'm making. Um, my mission probably will not change. My mission is to help other physicians, people like me, really create their ideal lives, right? Whether that's through real estate, other streams of income, um, this sort of thing, and really allow them to see what's possible out there. And I love doing it by sharing stories. I love doing it by sharing techniques and goals and things like that. So I'm always going to challenge myself in five years, like, 
if you find all I have is the same course, podcast, blog, and that, I'll have actually looked at that as almost like a failure. If, it's, if I'm five years, it's all I've done the exact same thing. I'm in the same place doing the exact same things. For me, I'm going to always continue to look at what other people are doing and innovating and that sort of thing. So I'm always exploring new ways to get that message out to people. And who knows what it'll look like in five years. I mean, all I know is like, I see the impact that I want to make and that's like my ultimate goal. Like mm-hmm. you want to make a huge impact for people. I also want to, for me, like my, I set other goals when it comes to like my relationships, right? Like my wife, like I have relationship goals that I have for my wife, certain type of, uh, you know, partnership, you know, like some sort of extraordinary life with them. I, I have father goals, right? That I want to have like this, be this kind of father for my kids and spend this kind of time with them. Yeah. I, I hope I not only hit those goals, but the thing that I think we've all learned is that it's not just about hitting your goals. It's like, yeah, when you hit your goals, like you got to keep setting new ones, right? And so um, I have five, 10, 20 year goals. I mean, I don't know if there are a lot of them are financial. I mean, some of them are financial. I've kind of actually hit a lot of my financial goals, which is like great. But again, I think it's more about like now at this point, like how much can I contribute to others? And that's, that's where I'm going. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And remember, you know, to remember to celebrate along the way, right? I think one of the things that we always learn is that we achieve our goals, but we don't celebrate, right? We don't celebrate enough. And so I think learning to celebrate and just to, and that'll just kind of enhance and uh, allow you to enjoy it uh, along the way. So I think that's really, really important. Amazing. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we like to close with uh, is a question, uh, it, which is uh, tied to the name of our blog, you know, Rich, Rich Doc, Poor Doc. And so, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to uncover with our podcast is, is to uncover the, uh, the, the mindset, the strategies and the habits uh, that separate Rich Docs from Poor Docs. So can you give us a, you know, it could be a strategy, habit, uh, mindset uh, of a Rich Doc. Uh, and also, can you tell us, you know, what is rich to you, right? You know, rich is not, you know, presuming it's not just money, but maybe it is, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what rich is to you? Yeah. So in terms of one of the biggest change in mindsets that I had from um, everything that's happened up to now is that I thought I was kind of a, I guess an innocent bystander, or just a, like a traveler, a passenger kind of in what's called life, right? Like I just kind of get on the bus and whatever happens to me happens to me. But I realized that, no, I can take, actually take control of what this life looks like, right? Like what my outcome is, what my life looks like, you know, my family life and these kind of things. So one of the biggest things that I've done is really take a hold of what I want, which is set those goals. And then I've kind of on a daily basis, what's changed is that I really kind of started to really focus on those goals, right? Whether it's in the morning when I wake up, my morning habits have changed completely. I mean, I used to be wake up at the last possible moment, change as fast as you can, run out the door and barely make it to wherever I'm supposed to make it to. Usually it's work, right? I get there right on time. But something that's really, really made a big impact on me is like a book called The Miracle Morning mm-hmm. by Hal Elrod. And he talks about how kind of taking a hold of your morning and changing your morning routine can ultimately totally change the layout of your day and ultimately your weeks, your months, your life. So that's one of the biggest things for me is that I feel like I've taken a proactive stance when it comes to my life. And that's been huge for me. When it comes to Rich Doc, Poor Doc, Again, I think it kind of falls along that same lines. I mean, if rich to me, it's like a lot of it's like feeling like, you know, you have some element of control over what you're doing, right? And that comes with freedom and that comes with choice, right? I mean, like, you know, as a physician, I think a lot of people are really unhappy today, not because they're practicing medicine, because they love practicing medicine. That's the whole reason they went into it. They love helping people and the passion, but they feel like they're a slave to it, right? They feel tied to it. They feel out of control. There's no choice there. 
And the funny thing is like, and you guys have seen it, when people are able to, especially when it comes to financial matters, like find a way that their you know, work becomes optional as a physician, mm-hmm. a lot of them, I mean, tend to stay in it. And why? Because, you know, they love it and they kind of rekindle that passion for it. So uh, I, I think being rich really means like understanding like, hey, I have control, I have choices. And when you feel that, doesn't matter like necessarily what's in your bank account or all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, that's the feeling of rich to me. Amazing. Awesome. Love thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And for being on this podcast now for um, our blog listeners, where can they find you and uh, tell them a little bit about your course and your conference? Yeah, sure. Again, we're trying to do all sorts of cool things with, with the brand Passive Income MD. You can find it on PassiveIncomeMD.com. That's kind of the, the center of the spoke of the wheel. And beyond that, there's a podcast called the Passive Income MD Podcast. We do have a course called Passive Real Estate Academy where we teach physicians how to invest in private and passive real estate deals, do the due diligence for it, and ultimately find those opportunities. And we have a conference that we have you know, every fall. Hopefully, I said every fall. We've done it once. There's going to be a second one this year called, um, yeah, called Financial Freedom Through Investing in Real Estate. And you guys were a big part of it. And we try to bring together you know, people that have been successful in the real estate space who are able to share about their different techniques, their mindset, things that you guys are doing kind of that helped them achieve the life that they want. And God willing, with everything that's going on here with, uh, you know, with uh, health and society and coronavirus, hopefully it'll still go on. But um, yeah, we'd love to have people come and just participate and just have a good time together. Yeah, well, we hope so too. We will definitely be there if it happens. And we had such a good time last time and just seeing all the people in the space was amazing to just kind of, you know, network and build the community. It was awesome. Yeah. So. You, you don't want to miss it. If you, uh, if it's going on, you want to be there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Peter. Uh, and uh, we really look forward. We hope it, you'll join us again, actually. Uh, we'd love to kind of dig into some more things. And uh, again, thank you again for being on the show. Anytime. Thanks guys. That was fun. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.